Hey, welcome to the Talking Buckets podcast. This is an NBA show covering a broad range of topics, from legitimate analysis and predictions to weird, funny, dumb drama around the league. Feel free to skip ahead to whatever topics pique your interest, or stick around for the whole thing. And as always, thank you so much for supporting this growing project. We're only getting better every episode, and even one listen means the world to me. Now let's talk buckets! Okay, welcome back to Talking Buckets. We are remote again because we are on winter break from school. Uh, But with that being said, we'll just jump right into uh, today's topic, starting with the Lakers. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about them on some of these recent episodes. But when you're a big market team, it's difficult to uh, stay out of the spotlight. And looking at the standings right now, they are still kind of middle of the pack. They are 7-7. and Uh, and they just lost to the John Morant-less, Dylan Brooks-less Grizzlies yesterday um, after whooping Tiger Celtics. So <laughs> typically when a LeBron-led team doesn't do well, the first person to get blamed is always the coach. And Vogel, mm-hmm. despite leading them to a championship, is getting under fire. Um, a lot of media analysts think that he could be gone before the All-Star game or even New Year's. So Tiger... Do you think firing Vogel is the answer to fixing the Lakers' problems right now? The only time that a coach actually made an impact on the team was Eric Spolstra when LeBron was on the heat. Every other team that LeBron played on, he is the head coach. So what I think with the amount of star power they have in the Lakers right now, they need less of a playmaking coach. They need more of an orchestrator. You know what I mean? Like who can get all the player chemistry together. Because there's, there are a lot of big personalities on the team. And that is something Frank Vogel has not dealt with before. Russell Westbrook, Rondo, LeBron, and you got AD. I think Melo can take a step back. But these guys, man, these guys are you know, are thirsty for the ball, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what they need is not someone who's good at coaching basketball, but instead someone who can get the chemistry together in the locker room. Who, can, who has the resume to put these players in their place. That's what I think. So is Frank Vogel going to be fired? Here's what I think. Unless they can come up with a real good alternative, then I don't think it's going to make any difference at all. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny that you mentioned the alternative uh, because David Fisdale, who is the assistant coach on the Miami Heat that has a really good relationship with LeBron, is I'm just confirming this right now. He is the assistant coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, and he has a good relationship with LeBron. So, do you think there's a chance he kind of uses Fisdale as like a Ty Lue type personality, where like he's the coach, but he's more just like there as like a spokesperson, yeah. like you said, and then LeBron can like go full on like the coach James yeah. mode. Yeah, I, I I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like that. Here's the thing. David Fitzdale is a proven coach. He's done great things. Uh, yeah. At the same, same time, he has experience and all that. But at the same time, again, I just do not think he can shine under LeBron. You know, like, you know, you're going to there to be LeBron's puppet. So would you rather expand your career elsewhere, elsewhere or come here and be LeBron's puppet? And if they win, LeBron gets the credit. And if they lose, you get the blame. Yeah. Um, and I think really like the, looking at like Fisdale's coaching career, really the only blemish on it would be his time as the Knicks head coach. But to be fair, it took like 
it's not 15 his fault. years for like someone to be able to fix the next and it's not Thibodeau, <laughs> like like even even with tom Thibodeau, like i feel like it's just gonna go the classic like oh he's like the team does really well his first year and then they just slowly get like shittier and shittier until he gets fired but anyways i think just the other thing with fizdale too is that he is a stronger personality than Ty Lu as well like Ty Lu is very much a player's coach yeah um, I, I do not rock with Ty Lu. he he look he's he's I, I think he's a good coach he obviously especially uh during with the playoffs last year at the Clippers like he made the necessary adjustments needed to help them get to the conference finals without Kawhi for a good chunk of it you know um what? he was looking forward to this coaching career as soon as AI crossed him man and stepped over <laughs> him like you know exposing his bottom to his face i, I think ever since that moment ty lewis be like you know what screw my playing career i'm gonna focus on being a coach right now yeah i don't know, I don't know why <laughs> i don't know why he didn't retire like right after that game um but yeah i just i think fizdale's a stronger personality he's got one of my favorite coach quotes take that for data and then you know slams the pen and storms off the media desk um but yeah i do it, it's conflicting because I feel like he'd fit what LeBron wants, but also I think he would hold um I think I think he'd hold LeBron more accountable than someone like Tyler. So it's okay. tricky. Here's and that's the, just him. Yeah. Do the other players buy in as well? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like they know that's LeBron's boy. And once that's they know it's LeBron's team. So what are people like Russ and AD think? You know, are they gonna be LeBron listen to LeBron and like, you know, obediently, I wanna say? Or do they want to, you know, especially Rondo and Russ as point guards, they have their own input in the game. So that is going to clash. And I don't, I just don't think promoting LeBron's side man is, is good for chemistry. They need someone to, you know, blend everyone together like glue. Yeah. The chemistry issues are just kind of problematic right now. And I also just think it's like, players not necessarily performing to the standards they're being held to like i think it's pretty clear at this point that lebron cannot drag like a team of nobodies to the finals anymore no um i don't think westbrook is as much of the problem as people want to think i feel like for the third season in a row we're kind of seeing like westbrook's like really slow start to the season Mm-hmm. And then kind of starting to take off as the season goes on. Because I'm looking at his splits from the last 10 games, according to ESPN. Um, he's got 21 points on 48% from the field, 37 Damn. from three, eight assists, six and a half rebounds, and a steal. Um, though That's not bad. That's really all. good like, numbers. Yeah. So that is better than his average for the season. Um, so I think it's just kind of like, this is his fourth team in four years. So I think mm-hmm. it's just kind of the same thing where he's just taking time to adjust it. I'm not saying like Westbrook is the best player, second best. Um, he's but I don't great. think it's part of the problem. I, 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 Anthony Davis, man, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, every time I watch this dude play, I can't believe that he made like the NBA top 75. Like this dude really just had like a breakout in the bubble and then, has been mediocre since he only made that because he's on the Lakers, man. Pretty much, like especially when like I know we've talked about like Anthony Davis versus Dwight Howard, but like their resumes are just Can't they're not the same. Dwight Howard, when he was at his peak, was like arguably the next best player after LeBron. And they both got their ring thanks to LeBron. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's tough. But yeah, I want to just take a look too at like the Lakers 
um, schedule just coming up quickly. Just cause I want to get a timeline of like, do they make a coaching change? Like what game could it, could it possibly be? Cause they had a rebound game against the Celtics, but that Grizzlies game um, was not good. So they play the thunder next. Uh, uh-huh. You know, what Friday, yeah, they've already blown <laughs> multiple 20 point leads to them. Um, although this time LeBron's not playing, if I am correct about that. Then after that, they have games against the Magic, the Mavericks, the Timberwolves. That's not a bad schedule. I think just where it starts to get a bit rough is when you have to play like the Bulls. Is it the one uh, you're going Sun. to? Uh, that, yeah, the Bulls-Lakers game. That's the game that I will be going to. So I'm pretty hyped about that. Well, follow Elijah on Twitter for the first-hand information on what's going on at the game. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be giving the inside scoop on that for sure. But yeah, I look at their schedule and their early schedule was so soft and I just think it's going to get progressively harder. I, I don't think he's going to get fired. Um, if he can get through the All-Star break, I think he'll be fine. But I could see potentially before the All-Star break. And even if it was just like a normal team, I don't think he would. Um, I just think that it's a LeBron team. So probably Rich Paul's up his ass and being like, you need to make a change. <laughs> I want to say, hopefully... Vogel is safer now, hopefully. Yeah, because I like what he's done. He's not. He's a coach. I like him a lot as a coach, but as we say, man, LeBron runs their front office, so we'll see. Hundred percent. Um, and speaking of players running front offices, I just want to talk about uh, Damian Lillard for a second. Just to be clear, he's not necessarily running things, but obviously, you know, he's their star player, arguably the best player they've ever had, aside from like Clyde Drexler. Um, and Brendan Roy if he wasn't injured yeah yeah oh definitely um, but the Trailblazers have not been able to put a proper championship caliber roster around no. Lillard during his time there the farthest they've ever made it was the Western Conference Finals I believe it was 18-19 when they got swept by the KD Warriors mm-hmm. um, and there was a lot of drama this season regarding whether or not he'd be traded um, the coach that they hired was under controversy because it wasn't who Lillard won necessarily. And that's not even getting into sexual assault allegations. Um, and the former GM, uh, Neil Olshi was just fired. And now that's the guy who drafted Lillard. Yeah. That's the guy who drafted Lillard. So he's gone now. So they're, they're saying that because the 76ers have been inquiring about, um, trying to trade like Lillard for Simmons and the trailblazers don't want to do that. They want to pair Simmons and Lillard together. Do you see that trade potentially happening? And just in general, like how much longer do you think Dame time is going to last in Portland? I don't think it's going to last very long, man. I think he's trying to get out of there as soon as possible. Cause prime, he knows that his prime isn't that much longer and he's expressed his interest in the Knicks. So he, he definitely wants out. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks are the only team that he seems interested in going to. And it's just so weird because, like, he's caught, he's more vocal about he's never been that vocal with the team than almost any other player in the league. That means he but, really won out. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels like a front sometimes because of the reports, unless it's just like journalists like actively going out of their way to just kind of move him to a bigger market. Um, it also doesn't help that Lillard isn't playing well this season. In fact, he's having one of his worst seasons to date. Uh, just looking at his stats. So this season, he is 
at 21.5 points per game, which is the lowest he's had since his 14-15 season. So that was his second All-Star season. Um, and they're all on like not good shooting splits either. Uh, 40% from the field, that's a career low. Uh, 30% from three, that's a career low. Uh, and his career average for points is like 24.6. So basically his rebounds, assists, all that, it's like on par with his career, but his shooting splits are way down from uh, previous years. I so it doesn't like... help that he's not having a good season as well. It helps if you're trying to get traded. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, so we'll keep that in mind. But at the same time, a shooter like Dame Lillard, he can bring Dame time anywhere. Oh yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. Like he's so, he's still the second best point guard in the league after Steph Curry. There's no denying that. Yeah. So I, I think the if I was a Trailblazers front office, I will value him as much as I can. I try to get as much as I can off him because I know what Dame Lillard is capable of. Doesn't matter this season or not because. Come on, man. We all know he's going to bounce back. No way he just goes straight down out of nowhere. No, just, no way. I, I feel like he just really disgruntled right now because mental health and like, like emotions goes in a lot into your playing. And when you've been, you, when you've been with the, the Trailblazers for so long and haven't done anything, it's time for a change. And I think mm. he can't stay any much longer. So he's trying to get out of there, man. Like we've seen before, but that, that many NBA players do. Yeah, no, agreed. Do you think of they could maybe acquire Simmons. Like I know the Sixers are playing really hardball with him, but no. do you think it's possible? No. If if the Trailblazers get rid of uh, Damian Lillard, they are rebuilding. There's no way they're like they don't need another star caliber player. They need picks and role players. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely not contending with Lillard away. The the only way I could see that happening is if they trade McCollum away and even yeah. then I still feel like you'd have to give out more than just him I don't think McCollum Simmons I think if you didn't have Daryl Morey as your GM you could probably do McCollum for Simmons right now but because you have Daryl Morey as the 76ers GM you probably have to throw in something else whether it's like Robert Covington or like a draft pick or something I just it's tough but it'd be kind of fun to see Simmons and Willard play together just because their shooting is just polar opposites Lillard and Simmons together that would be something could to be see. fun that could be could fun be to fun. see um, I, don't, I don't think that's gonna happen though yeah I don't think yeah. it'll happen but I think whoever can probably... give up the most draft picks for the I really don't think that even if damn get gets damn Lillard gets traded he's not gonna be traded for a franchise player or a star player he's gonna for role players and draft picks, I think. Yeah. So we'll just see which. It could be a three-way trade, you know. It could we'll be. See which the Sixers are inquiring about that. Yeah. Um. It all. Yeah. He wants an extension too. That's the only way Lillard would stay. He wants, I believe, a two-year, hundred-seven million-dollar extension. That's crazy. Um, That's to crazy. stay. That would put him. He'd be getting fifty million dollars a year at like age thirty-six. That's nuts. Dude, he's already <laughs> under contract until he's 34. And his last season, he's literally, I'm looking at it, assuming this website I'm looking at is right. It's a uh, spot track. But he's already earning like $48 million in his last season. Mm -hmm. So it's nuts. I feel like 75% sure this is going to be his last season in Portland. Definitely. I think he's gone after this season. There's Yeah. They're not, not even in the playoffs, either. right? They're not even in the plans right now. They're in, it's still obviously super early. They're in the 11th seed. They're below the Timberwolves and the Kings. Like, that's not good. 
That is not good. It's time for rebuild, man. It's time to blow it up. For Sometimes all my... you just gotta know when to cut it. For our Pacific Northwest fans, drive down to Portland. If you're around Portland, get there. Check out Damian Lillard play for one last time because he's he's gonna be gone. He's gonna be yeah, far away from I, home. I, I might have to go do that. Pacific North Pacific Northwest sports fans in general are like down bad right now. Like we got like the Canucks and, and the Kraken playing like shit. Mariners didn't make the playoffs. Seahawks playing like shit. Trailblazers playing like shit. If you're in like the Northwest right now, it's not a, it's not a good time to be a sports fan. That's for sure. Nope. Um, Go on the subject of on the subject of rebuilds, we also got to talk about the Pacers, uh, because they are looking to blow it up. Uh, specifically, they are looking to trade Karis Levert and one of either Miles Turner or DeMontis Sabonis, and specifically, Miles Turner has had some comments regarding mm-hmm. his feelings as being nothing more than a glorified role player. Uh, so what do you think the Pacers do here? Who do you move, Turner or Sabonis, first off? I think you got to keep Sabonis and move Turner. Because Turner, on, like he said, he is... We, we've all seen what he used to be able to do on that team, but right now the Pacers are just not using him the same way anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's tough. Because I feel like... He's 25 years old. It depends, like, how much you're going for here. Because I, I, I feel like Sabonis isn't underrated or overrated. Like, I feel like he's kind of just there. Uh, Turner, I feel like, has the higher ceiling. But it's, like, also that'll fetch you more in the trade talks. So it's tough. Here's the thing. Uh, from the stats, I know this stat doesn't mean a lot, but Turner scored the most point in his second season when he started and played 81 games. So after that season... As a fan, and like him, he's going to be expecting bigger minutes and bigger role on the team. But at the same time, he's never received that. And he's, yeah, he spent a long time with Indiana. And I honestly uh, think a player like, seven. yeah, for real, it's a long time. I think a player like his caliber could really excel on many other continuing teams because trust me, this guy can play. Yeah, no, it's his seventh season with Indiana. Um and, and they he, have some bonus. Really, yeah. So, 29 he's playing 29 minutes per game, which is like just around his like season average his career average. He played the most uh, minutes in his, his sophomore year, so he's never yeah, averaged yeah. more minutes than that. So that is yeah. if I was him, I'll be angry too. <laughs> like, yeah, he's taking he's taking a minute dip since last season too, because last season was he had 31, which was his second highest. Um, and now he's at his lowest since 1819. So I think, I think he's capable of being a starter. I just don't know for what team. Yeah. Uh, for Like, you don't want to pull, like, a Jeremy Grant and be like, well, I, I mean, you're still making $20 million a year if you're Jeremy Grant. So I'm sure you yeah. have bigger problems in life. But at the same time, you don't want to, like, pull a Jeremy Grant and be like, I'm going to go play for the Pistons and prove that I'm the number one option on a terrible team. No, well, it's no. like, yeah, you're kind of proving your point, but you're on a terrible team and you're not doing shit. But, yeah, exactly. That's... Well, I'm, that's what I'm afraid that he's going to do. But at the same time, I think he is valuable to a lot of teams. Hopefully yeah. he goes to a solid team. And even if he goes to a shit team, maybe he, he like, you know, he, he brings a 13, 12 place team to the play-ins, you know? Maybe, I, yeah. Like, yeah. He just want to prove his value because by the way, the stats he's, he's having right now in his career, that, that, that boy's not going to get paid, man. No, agreed. And, and he, like, 
I think he's going to be easily at 20, 10, you know, 20, 20 points, 10, oh, at yeah, least 10 yeah, rebounds on like two, three blocks a game player. If you give him the minutes in the role in the right system. So no, hundred percent. Um, I guess the other thing too, it's like, I'm kind of thinking about it compared to like the Jeremy Grant situation and at least miles Turner, like even if he were to go for like a bad team, just to kind of prove a point that he can be like a big piece on a team like at least he's just going from like one bad team to another whereas like jeremy grant literally left like a title contender who matched the salary that he wanted just yeah, to go be a number one option so that's a very different situation for sure yeah i, I never understood aside from like the money and i guess like he's probably just betting on himself yeah for like a bigger contract in the future um and at the same time you know sabonis he's doing great right now yeah Sabonis, so, yeah it's tough. It's basically just comes down to like, who do you think you can get more value for? Like Sabonis, who has the better stats and is better right now than Turner, or do you trade Turner and hope a team believes in like his higher ceiling? Uh, and then also Karis Levert, like it's just kind of frustrating to see what's happened to him because he was balling yeah. on the nets. He was like borderline six man of the year candidate before he got traded as part of like the four team James Harden trade. And then like they did the physical and found he had like a cancerous mass that, yeah, that was discovered. That just makes and, it a risk. Yeah. I would love to see Karis Levert back on a good team because he was really fun to watch uh, when he was trying to get more playing time on the nets as a six man. It's just unfortunate. Like the situation he's in, you know, I feel like the trade value for Levert is not going to be very, very high because of that. Yeah. He's going to be a side piece, but definitely Miles Turner is going to got to go, man. It also depends. Like, I just want to take a look here. Like, how much time does Karis Levert have left on his contract? Because if it's, like, a long contract, maybe he has some value. But uh, if it's not, then he's probably just going to walk. So he only has one more guaranteed season under contract after this. He can enter free agency after next season yeah so and he probably gonna... he's, he's probably going to if he's not traded so they need to move Levert this season if they want to yeah. get any value for him not much value though they're probably uh, not going there's to something like most throw it in get, as a side piece like, yeah you could maybe get like a low first round pick from like a team looking to make a splash to move into title contention that's about it I think that's kind uh, of yeah. the max and again like a low value first round pick like somewhere in the 20s agreed yeah. yeah um all right so just a funnier thing i wanted to touch on it's kind of been happening it made bigger headlines uh last week but it kind of resurfaced again i think like right before our last podcast and i just didn't have time to include it um the people working for nbc boston really don't have chills so they <laughs> So the graphics that they display on like the title cards, they're supposed to be professional. Um, but they have been kind of poking fun at certain players after um, the Celtics beat Lakers a week or two ago. Um, not the one where the Lakers beat the Celtics like a day or two ago, but they put a thing saying y'all paying Russ 44 mil LOL under like the Dennis Schroeder uh, graphic. And then a couple of days ago, when they beat the Sixers under Jason Tatum's, they put still Embiid's father. And they've got like a long track record of doing this, apparently, after doing some research on it. Uh, how savage is it, do you think, on a scale of one to 10? And like how professional, like I'm surprised they're even getting away with it as well. 
I have never seen that on TV. You know, I was, is that photoshopped? It's not, right? No, it's legit. It's legit. It's on there. It's like circulated around Twitter every time uh, they've had some kind of graphic. I'm just trying to pull up some like older ones too. But you yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised too. This is pretty out of the blue. You know, this is. Oh. <laughs> they had one for Kemba Walker saying uh, that he outscored Kyrie Irving 39-0 tonight. Like when just when he was doing a press conference, though, like it's just him sitting in the press conference room, and they just take a shot at Kyrie Irving. Um, I'm not sure if yeah. that's professional or not, but uh, that seems like a job that I can do. <laughs> Yeah, like, can you imagine how much fun we could have with it if there wasn't, like, media standards with that? Oh, it's on the official NBC Celtics Twitter. It's it's official NBC bot. Like, if you Google NBC... If you Google uh, NBC Boston graphics and you go through, like, the images, uh, or you can just go through the news, because the Westbrook one was making, like, news, like, crazy. Or NBC there's, there's, there's Celtics. There. There's a lot of stuff there. That is... Hmm. <laughs> That's interesting to see. I mean, that's the Boston humor, I guess, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Boston fans are uh, something, that's for sure. Yeah, Boston fans are definitely something else. Yeah. That's what happens. Proud to be one of them. That's what happens when your city wins, like, a championship, like, every two years. Oh, too bad. I only watch basketball. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, seriously, like, Patriots won, like, six Super Bowls. Uh, Celtics, I mean, it's been, like, 12, 13 years. But still, yeah, the Red Sox have won a bunch. Bruins. Um, yeah, yeah, everyone, everyone, all four of their teams have won in the last 15 years. And some of them, I think they haven't had more than like a two or three season drought. It must be nice to just live in a city like that. And then it's like you go to like Vancouver. And it's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> the more north <laughs> you go, the still- Oh, man. Oh, man. We're just laughing at ourselves. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and to close things out, we're gonna play our weekly uh Saturday prediction game. After this, for next episode, I'm gonna go tally up like what our predictions are so that we can see like who's been right more often or whatever, or if we both just suck. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it could be that. Yeah, because uh, I have an apology to one team specifically looking at this schedule here. Uh, but we'll get to that in a bit. Let's start with the uh, Clippers and Magic. Who you got? This is for Saturday, by the way, just to be clear, because we're recording on Friday, and then I edit the episode and upload it Saturday. So this is... Clippers, definitely the Clippers. I think they got to take advantage of it while it's still called Staples Center, you know? Crypto, crypto.com Arena. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be called like that soon. Yeah, uh, I saw that they were taking the signage down for Staples Center or whatever. But I just saw rough. the game on Google. It's still, it's still called uh, Staples Center, so... yeah. I just can't believe they have .com in the arena name. That's so stupid, man. However, Paul George is not playing, right? Oh, shoot. Yeah, that's true. But they still be the Celtics, though. <laughs> Maybe this is the Mo Bamba legacy game. Uh, I don't know. It could be. It could be. He's doing well in my fantasy teams in both my leagues, so shout out to him. Um, well, uh, Cole on. Anthony, Cole Anthony been balling out, man. Yeah, Cole, An- Cole Anthony is clutch, dude. He's like multiple game team. winners in his rookie season. Like, he is underrated. I think people are just like hating on, on him. Man. He had an in. People are just hating on him because he had an injury injury riddled college career, and also he had like a mini rivalry with like uh Lamelo Ball or whatever. So all the ball stands were just like, oh, he's clearly better. But 
like Cole Anthony, if he wasn't in or like, it's just a classic thing where it's like, Oh, like you're playing on a small market team. So you're not getting like the kind of attention that like you would on like a big market market. team. Like think, think about how many like players on like the Lakers and like the Knicks and the South, basically any big market team. Think about how many players have been like overhyped when they have like one good season. (laughs) And as soon as they fall back to the mean, it's like they're the shittiest thing ever. Look at like, like Kyle Kuzma is like the latest example of this. Julius Randle. Yeah. Julius Randle becomes an all-star and most improved player. Um, Jordan Clarkson wins sixth man of the year as soon as he leaves there. Uh, Lonzo Ball is like the third most important person on the Bulls now. Uh, Kuzma like was being trashed so hard the last couple of seasons, including by me. Like I I love memeing on Kuzma, but he's proven me wrong, and he's doing really well in the Wizards. Um, hey, and speaking, sorry, what were you gonna say? Maybe it's a good thing for Cole Anthony to stay in a small market team for him to develop like that. Yeah, yeah, for now. For um, now, yeah. Yeah, for now, for sure. Speaking speaking of the Wizards, uh, the next one I had on the list was Wizards Jazz. And this is a fun one because the Wizards have been surprising a lot of teams this season. Uh, they're on a bit of a losing streak right now, but they're still sitting in... Actually, no, they just won their last game, but they were on a bit of a losing streak prior. Um, and they're sitting in the 5C in the East. I don't think the Wizards can keep this up much longer, man. Jazz yeah. is really good. I'm sorry for all the Jazz fans that did <laughs> earlier in the year. Yeah, but the Jazz has a really complete team. Yeah, and I feel like the Jazz... regular season, regular season wise, they're really strong and mm-hmm. got faith in the Jazz. No, I agree. I don't know if they'll uh, catch the Warriors or the Suns necessarily. They'll have to stay pretty yeah, hot right. and then hope like this. To be fair, the Suns and Warriors have been like white hot, and I'm sure one of them will encounter some adversity later in the season. Uh, but knock it on wood. seems, yeah, <laughs> knock on wood, but. It's like the Warriors and Suns, then the Jazz, and then like everyone else. But that's the regular season. Obviously, the playoffs are a different thing. Um, as for the Wizards, like I think that I, I think they could still avoid. Because um, the thing is, is that there's a lot of teams down low that are kind of surprising me. Like the Celtics are the 10 seed, the Knicks are 11th, uh, the Hawks are eighth, the 76ers are 7th. So something's gonna have to give here. Yeah, Even Cleveland, like Cleveland's six, which is pretty crazy. This like, but everyone's not far apart except for the Magic and the Pistons. Pretty much, everyone's a contender like, right they're now. They're clearly rebuilding. Yeah. Uh, next up, a fun. Well, this is still a fun one, regardless. Uh, the Bulls and the Heat, but it kind of sucks because the Bulls have multiple players in COVID nineteen quarantine right now, including uh, DeRozan. Who is having some crazy games? Yeah, one player of the week. I was watching, uh, keeping half an eye on. I was keeping half an eye on him at work or whatever because they had the Bulls Nets game on in the background. And every time I looked up during the fourth quarter, like mid range jumper, and he was going back and forth Kobe. with Durant all he, game. Jordan, he is the modern day Jordan. Pretty much, yeah. Or like maybe like more like a modern day Kobe might be a better assessment because like he directly modeled his game after Kobe. He's talked yeah. lots about him being an inspiration, but still, his mid range game—it's a dying art, which makes it all the more fun to watch. Uh, but that being said, it'll still be a pretty good game. Like Levine's like quietly having a bunch of thirty point games, um, and obviously the Heat—they've been pretty stout and consistent all season long. Who do you got there? Hmm. You said they're in COVID protocol, so I think the Heat is—they're definitely going to take advantage of this, and it's going to be a twenty-point game. I predict. You really think it's going to be a blowout? 
Yeah, but even though like Jimmy Butler is kind of iffy, but I think the Heat just has overall a stronger roster with uh, the key players for the Bulls being in uh, COVID protocol. However, yeah. if they're not here, then that, that's a, it's gonna be a game, man. That's that would be a game. Yeah, it'd be nuts. I mean, their first game they played was already sick. I still think this game's gonna be pretty close, um, and solely because. I'm going to Chicago next week. I am going to pick the Bulls, but I think it's going to come down to the wire. Yes, this is going to be a good game. Good coaches, good game. It's going to be great competition. Uh, here's another fun one that uh, I think not many people were thinking would be fun prior. The Rockets and the Grizzlies, mainly because the Rockets, after losing 15 in a row, have now won seven in a row. Yes. Either six or seven in a row, I think. They have the longest active winning streak in the NBA, and they're doing it without Jalen Green. And then obviously the Grizzlies, they're mad deep and just won a game without Morant and Brooks. This is a fun game between two scrappier teams. Who do you got there? Isn't that so weird? Yeah. Eric Gordon, though, man. That guy is old and gold. He got to get out of there and go on a contending team. Yeah, no, he, he got a ring chase for sure. Yeah. Um, who I got there? Jamal Run. He's still hurt, eh? Or yeah, he's not coming back for a couple weeks. So I believe uh, that's gonna be tough. The Rockets are red hot. However, the Grizzlies without Jamal Run destroyed the Thunder's. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a good matchup of two really shitty teams. I'm gonna go with the Grizzlies. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, the Grizzlies—they're not. I wouldn't say they're shit right now. No, like, they're, they're... they're not shitty, but like you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I get, I get it. Just yeah. be, just for reference, they are the four seed right now. They are and, really like, good, but like without Jamorant, come on, man. Jamorant. Sorry, did you pick the too. Rockets or the Grizzlies there? I picked the Grizzlies. I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Grizzlies as well, just because I think they're really deep. Uh, Stephen Adams has kind of been uh, coming into form there. I was kind of mm-hmm. questioning whether like the him for Jonas Valanciunas trade was really one sided prior to like his last few games, but he's gobbling off offensive rebounds. Um, Desmond Bain has stepped up big time without their best players and on the court. Um, so I'll pick the Grizzlies as well. Yeah. Now we'll see if they continue their run. Hopefully they now, do. That. Yeah. I would like for this next one, the Kings and Cavaliers. I would like to make a public apology to the city of Sacramento. I know I probably have zero listeners from there right now, but they have been a bit of a punching bag for me these last few episodes, especially the last one where I kind of was just like, they have no chance um, against the Clippers and then they won. So you know what, Sacramento, you did good. You proved me wrong this one time. And with that being said, I'm still never going to pick you to win again. <laughs> anybody, anybody who bets money on the Kings is not wise. Like, yeah, awesome. that's, that's like, years. that's, that yeah, I'm taking the Cavaliers for sure. Their big man experiment has been super fun to watch. It's been weird. Like their starting lineup, it's uh Markin and Allen and uh Mobley. And like they have a young, strong core. Five, yeah, they got a strong core. I think like maybe this is the year they finally uh, take a bit of a leap and make the playoffs because they look good and these taller lineups are like practically extinct right now. But whatever they're running. Woo. Yeah, Evan, Evan Mobley, it's insane how good he is right now because it normally takes so long for big men to, like, transition mm-hmm. um, into the NBA, especially if you're a defensive one. If you're a more, like, offensive big, like Anthony Davis, you can maybe have a bit of a quicker transition. But for someone who, who like, prides himself on defense, normally players aren't supposed to be this good their first season. And no, they're not. 
I think he's kind of, I still think it's between like him and Barnes and Kane yep. cutting, making a bit of a charge, but I think Mobley right now would be the favorite to win rookie of the year. I've had a blast watching him. I think the Cavs are definitely going to go deep, but here's the worry I have, right? Every time you have a strong young core that, that grow together and become really good together, the team can't afford to keep them all. I know. Uh, so it's just tough this year too, because no, Colin Sexton's done for the year with a torn meniscus, which yeah, he's close pretty hard. And if they're doing well without him, where is he going to fit next year? Exactly. That, yeah. That's kind of it's a double-edged sword for sure. But we're both picking the Cavs. Glad we can agree on that. Yeah. Uh, Warriors and 76ers. This should be another fun one. I'll say the Warriors. I'll say the Warriors. Hopefully, Clay Thompson I... comes back soon. I I'm I think uh You're gonna go it's for gonna the, be a Joel Embiid type of night. He's gonna put up forty and fifteen. He's gonna go ham. You think? I think he's gonna go ham. I think what Curry is just gonna be chasing that three point record a little too hard. Um, and I think the 76ers are gonna get away with it. That game is gonna be a blast to watch tomorrow. Yeah, that's the game, and then that I think that and. If DeRozan was playing in Bulls Heat, that would be my game of the night. And it might even still be, but I would say Warriors 76ers just because on the names alone, like it's Steph Curry and Joel Embiid. That's must-see TV. Yeah. Just watch, man. When Clay Thompson comes back. Oof. He's so close. He's like so close. It's going to be this month. It's yeah. crazy. Maybe Christmas. I can't wait to see him back. And to close it out, we've got uh, Nuggets and Spurs. Which is funny because I think they played um, yesterday too. Yeah, they just played a game. They beat uh, the, the Spurs won on Thursday, one twenty three mm-hmm. to one eleven. Uh, Nuggets are the better team, but they're injury ravaged. So I don't know. What's your What's your take on it? They got Jokic, Will Barton's back, Monte Morris. Yeah, their squad is just. I don't think they're deep enough right now. And the Spurs. Yeah. Oh, Doug McDermott. Yeah, I, I I think the Spurs just kind of have the Nuggets numbers right now. So yeah, they're more complete. They're they're easier to sh- no. They, they're really they're I'm sorry, they're really good defensively, and they're able to shut them down with other stars present. Yeah, it also helps when you have Greg Popovich, who just gets the best out of his players no matter what. Yeah, but this this team has a lot of great defensive players. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Like I don't He's know. Making work. Yeah. It's just, it's frustrating. It's kind of sad. This is how Popovich's like coaching career is probably going to end because I don't think he has that much left in him. Get him uh, the they're sitting like as a 12 seed and still like uh, they're two and a half games back of the play in spot, let alone like being top six. So it's tough. But I think the Spurs will uh, get the Nuggets tonight who are kind of free falling a bit. They're three and seven in their last 10. I think that's aside from the, uh, aside from the Thunder, that's the worst last 10 in the western conference and the mavericks you know what i think this is nearly impossible but if there is a chance the lakers should trade for popovich he's the only How guy that can rescue the lakers for popovich that'd be the funniest shit ever i know but like i think the only guy that can like master the lakers right now is popovich yeah Maybe the Lakers. I was just talking about Karis Lavert. What if the Lakers went after him? You think you can make that work? I don't know. They've got uh, so many young pieces. This, this this that seems like something the Lakers would do. I'm not gonna lie. It seems like something they would do, and they they made so many free. He's cheap. 
they need to win right now. Yeah, it you basically ship off like four or five players for him. Yeah, I think that can that can possibly happen. I think the Lakers are definitely gonna make some moves this uh this winter break. Yeah, I think really the only question is like okay, like then like between Westbrook and Levert, like who plays the two, or is Levert coming off the bench again? Probably, yeah. We'll see. That is up to LeBron to figure out. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Levert and uh, Anthony run a bench unit together. That'd be fun. That would be very that, that like the quick one too. Whew. Yeah, that that would be great. They'd have some pretty good chemistry going, I think, as well. Um, but I believe that is all we have time for on this episode of Talking Buckets. Thank you so much for listening. The next episode, actually, no, because the next episode will be just a couple days before I am in Chicago, unless we decide to go on like a one week hiatus. Because I don't know if I'm gonna be able to record, but. I will be in Chicago regardless for my next episode and stay tuned because I am planning on launching. I'm planning on finally launching the social media pages for talking buckets as well on Twitter and Instagram. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'm Elijah Polson and I'm tiger and, and you're listening to talking buckets. We'll see you next week. Swish.